welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Championship. And today we're doing a podcast on good-looking podcasters, so Mike is nowhere to be found. Ah, see you, Mike. We Maybe told him to stay home. Yeah, we'll see you, catch up yeah. with you next week. Don't tell, don't tell him what we're talking about. <laughs> Face for radio. Our little secret. <laughs> no, but in all actuality today, we are talking about something that was good-looking and fun, our rookie draft. Yes. Uh, last year, last week, we talked about, you know, draft strategy, rookie draft strategy, and... You know, some of the things that we plan on going into the draft to do. Mike did end up with Amir Abdullah, which he talked about in the podcast. He did not get Winston. Uh, but today we're going to do a little recap of our draft and let you know where some strategy comes into play. I already saw some tweets as we tweeted out last week. Uh, we're going to answer a couple of questions, Twitter questions as well about rookie drafts. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Sounds like a pretty good, fun show. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Just digging into the past one week ago, mm-hmm. Sunday. Ancient history. So, how how do you how do you feel about your draft results? Are you happy? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm pretty happy. I didn't have a second round pick, and, and I came away with. I mean, obviously, I had the last pick because I, I won the championship as well. Obviously, I mean, obviously, I did start the show off by saying championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got Doriel Green Beckham with the last pick in the first round. I was kind of surprised that somebody didn't take a stab at him just because he's got so much high, you know, so such a high upside. Um, so I was happy to get him with the last pick, and then. With the last pick in the third round, I kind of just took a stab in the dark with uh, Garrett Grayson, and then I mean the late round guys, the the you know Nicole Pruitt. I mean, yeah. good, I think that's a good value pick there that yeah. way as well. Um, obviously Darren Waller's a high, uh, you know, upside kind of guy. And shows where you get, you know, you can get him. I mean, you got drafted Darren Waller at the end of the fifth round, so right. it shows where you can get a guy like that with upside. Yep. But let's let's get back to the first round here and. As you stated, you know, you got Doriel Green Beckham, and you're surprised that you got him at 12. And I've seen a lot of drafts, you know, he's one that's kind of really fallen off because of situation, because of risk. That's where he's really going, right around 12 and 11. And looking at it, in hindsight, I mean, there's not really a surprise that he didn't go there. Um, I feel like it, it pretty much, besides uh, the sixth pick, it almost went chalk, you know. Uh, we had a lot of trades. It was a record-breaking year for trades in the first round. I mean, it was. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven picks in the first round out of the twelve weren't the original owners' picks, which is a record-breaking yeah, trade. That's ridiculous. Um, and one of the draft strategies strategies we gave in last week's episode was, hey, if you want a player that you know you can get later, trade down and get what you can get out of it. And two people actually did that in our draft. Uh, and obviously, they didn't hear the podcast because we recorded it one hour before the draft. Um, Eric, Eric in particular, really capitalized on that strategy in this year's draft. The first two picks in our draft were Todd Gurley and Mari Cooper, both taken by the guy who he traded up the farm. He traded next year's first. He traded all his picks this year, which he had a ton of. They get to one and two picks. He had two full drafts this year, and he traded all of next year's to get the basically the one and the two this yeah. year. Yeah, and if it pans out, it's worth it. If it's not, well, he gave up a little too much. Right. But uh, Todd Gurley and Mari Cooper went one to pretty much chalk throughout the community. Oh, I think. I mean, as far as they're the top rated guys, top on, two guys on the board. On, as a wide receiver and a running back, Correct. I think it is, is chalk across the board. And, and that's the way it should go in most drafts. And obviously, if you really need a running back, you took Melvin Gordon over Mari Cooper. I'm not going to kill you on it, but just not best player available. I mean, that's how, I mean, actually, my, my rankings are, are Gurley Gordon, but, uh, you know, close enough. I'm not chalk, I guess. Yeah, you're not chalk. Your permanent marker. Right. So, and then with the third pick, I know last week I talked, you know, on the podcast, I was saying, hey, at six, I'm taking Yeldon. You know, it was it was set in stone until I was taken. Well, then lo and behold, uh, I get a text message. Hey, I'm on the way to the draft. The guy, the number three pick, you still interested in three? I wrote, absolutely. I'll talk to you when you get here. Right. And uh, when he came up, I, I uh, you know, I was like, okay, he's going to want, I was like, he's going to want an arm and a leg. To get from six to three, I'm not doing it. You know, I was like, I like Melvin Gordon a lot, but I'm not giving up a ton when I could just get TJ Yeldon. Uh, and I asked him what he wanted, and he wanted my second this year and my third next year. And it just so happened I had two threes this year. So I was like, hey, how about I give you a three this year and I give you a second next year, which I'm really happy about because of who I got in the second round. But he said, sure, deal. 
So I thought I was getting really good value there. Uh, and it panned out. It turned out why I got good value is because of who he wanted. All right. They're at number three, and he he pulled the strategy. Hey, I can move down and get somebody better. So so the bottom line was Eric was going to pick the same person at Danny, or Danny. Yeah, he was going to pick the same person at three that he ended up getting at five at six. Six. Okay, correct. my bad. So I make the move. I move up to get Tip Melvin Gordon. I'm ecstatic. You know, All I'm right. getting one of the top guys in this year's draft class. Uh, you know, obviously there's Coven White out there. There's Devontae Parker, who I like, who just hurt his foot, which is not a good sign. You know, it's always, you know, the first you know, OTAs just start. Devontae Parker gets, uh, Devontae Parker hurts his foot. Rumor comes out, oh, he needs to clean up his route run already. Again, I, I'm a really big Parker fan. Not worried about, but it's like, oh, what a horrible. That's a, it's a bad way to start, you yeah. know. If you're the guy that took Parker, you're like, oh, what the. F-? Yeah, if, especially if you did it like us, like last weekend, and you just drafted him, and you're just like, ah, oh, come on, already. Do you think that news pushes him down a little bit? Oh, for sure. I think it can as well. I think yeah. people might just, hey, you know, I'm going to take Al Galore to seem safer. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking yeah. the run. I'm taking TJ Yeldon. I'm taking Brashad Perriman. I, yeah, I completely agree with So, that. you know, I take Melvin Gordon. I'm literally inside my head jumping up and down. I'm very static. I think, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, now it gives me Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell, a really nice young running back combo, which should alleviate the pain of me still needing running backs when you always need them. You know, I got Alfred Morris. I got Charles Sims. I got a lot of good depth at running back as well. But if you, you know, if, hopefully if it pans out, I have those two dynamic running backs at one and two there. I can, I mean, I completely agree. I was, as a person that has to face you, I was angry that you got another running back. Look me in the eye. I'm looking you, you I'm, face I'm looking you, I'm looking you right in the eye right now. And, and I, welcome back to the handsome podcast. Yeah, and we're back. <laughs> so Melvin Gordon, and then I, you know, and it kind of went a little bit chalk here for the next two picks. Kevin White went number four. Uh, now then we had another trade now. This is Eric. Eric is the guy that really took advantage of making moves here. He really, he had his guy that he wanted, he targeted, and he pushed the limits on getting his guy. Now, he had five, and I was re- he, he's been working hard to trade out of this pick. I was like, why doesn't he want Devontae Parker? So Maybe he knew his foot was going to break. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he's Tanya Harden. He's the one that went out there and uh, took care of business. Possibly. So Tommy moves up from seven to six. Or five, I apologize. And he takes Devontae Parker. Parker goes off the board. Uh, and then Danny, who I traded was three at six. First kind of surprise of the draft. And the most feedback I got on the tweets, which we've, you know, we've talked about this guy a ton. Right. He takes Jameis Winston. He, I mean, in his eyes, he, he definitely needs a quarterback. I, I mean, I don't know if it was at that desperate. If, if I owned that team, I don't think I'd be that desperate to grab him. But, I mean, I can understand why he wanted it. I like the pick. I think his team is a way he's, – he's in clear rebuild mode, but he has some really good young talent there that has to develop. But he has no quarterback at all. So I think taking Winston, who obviously you know I'm really big on, you like a lot, Mike's really big on, at six where a lot of people are like, wow, that's really high for Winston. I see him going in the second round, late first round for drafts. Well, obviously as a whole, we, we completely disagree with that. We have him as a first-round pick. And – for a team like him, who's up and coming, who's about two years away, taking somebody like Winston's perfect form because as soon as Winston comes into his own here, his whole team should be coming to his own. And if it pans out, he's got that elite quarterback. Uh, he'll likely have another high pick next year just because of where his team is. And he gets to build around that you know, as well. Uh, he picked up some extra draft picks from you know the trades he made, so that helps as well. And he takes Winston. And he told me, he's like, you know, the reason I moved from three to six was because I was taking Winston. I mean, I think he definitely did a great job of getting more picks as well. I mean, he has your second round pick, my second round pick, Juan's second round pick, and his own second round pick. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got four second rounds and at least one first round already before the Next season. Year. Yeah, before the even, season even starts. That's great ammo for yeah, him or what, definitely. for what he can do. So, uh, he's doing a good job over there already right out the gate. So, he takes Jameis Winston. And then here's Eric again. Now, Eric traded from five to seven. He moved down. He picked up, uh, I think it was a second-round pick, a uh, third-round pick or something to move. Oh, he picked up a next year's second, I believe, uh, to move from five, seven to five is what he did. So now Eric's sitting here at seven. Now, the guy he wanted to take at five, the reason he'll move down to seven, was still on the board. And then Josh calls. Josh, who's desperate for a running back, can't believe that T.J. Yeldon's still on the board. Right. He desperately needs a running back. This is a guy that reached for Bishop Sankey last year at number three overall. 
So he offers uh, Eric pick 2-2 two, two to move up from 110, or was it 110 or one Yeah, 110. Mm-hmm. From 110 to 17. So now Eric already picked up, you know, second-round pick from Tommy. So now he picks up two pick 2-2 two, two from Josh to move back. And he told me he was a little nervous because he, he thought maybe he wouldn't be able to get his guy there. But he was, it was worth the gamble for him because he knew he'd get, still get a good player. And that's what we talked about before, where you, you, if you, there's a player you want and you know he's going to be there later, you make that move. You made it move down. And worst-case scenario, if somebody else takes that guy, it pushes another talented guy back, so you're still coming away a winner. Maybe not the guy that you really wanted, but you're still getting quality talent while picking up more talent. And Eric used that 2-2 pick on Max Williams, so that was a really good move on him. You know, he gets what, uh, what the number one tight end in this year's draft. Right. Just to move down three spots. So Josh moves up to get TJ Yeldon. I thought it was a terrific move on both ends there. You know, Josh moves up to get the guy he wants, not afraid to give up that 2-2 pick to get it. Because after TJ Yeldon, you can argue there is a good drop-off there. I agree. Yeah, totally. Yep. So, you know, and that's what you have to do sometimes. I mean, you have to be aggressive. If there's a guy there, if there's a tier drop-off at a position that you see, and you need a running back like a TJ Yeldon, and you have to move from 110 to 1-7 to get him, but you have to give up pick two two to get him. Well, that's what you got to do. Yep. You know, you need you need TJ Yeldon more than you need uh, Tevin Coleman and Max Williams. That's yes, for sure. Absolutely. So that that that's a move there. Uh, after that, Mike's on the clock uh, at Dynasty Nerd Mike, and he takes Amir Abdullah. You know, obviously Winston was off the board, so that that completely went away for him. Yep. He takes Amir Abdullah, and again another pick I really like. You know, and. It's funny, that's all his running backs are. They're all those PPR backs, Gio Bernard, Andre Ellington, Mir Abdullah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not as big of a fan as you, of, of Abdullah as you guys are, but I can see why he, he took him. It, I like fit, it fits his profile. So you don't like Abdullah? Not really, no. No? no. Was it just college tape or just? I just don't think it's going to translate, man. I think, no. he did, I think he was really a really good back in college. I just don't think he's going to be a really good NFL back. Okay. Yeah, I think, he is, I think, I think he's going to be... A nice PPR back, you know, potential, you know, could he be a star? Like, it's one of those guys that would, would have surprised me if he became a star. Not at all. I just think he's going to be, but I don't think he will be. I think he'll be like a really good. It would completely surprise me if he became a star. Oh, wow. So you hate him. I don't like him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Hope you don't run into him in the streets one day. Hey, Mr. Abdullah. Why? Have you met? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. Know, I don't think he's gonna know who I am. Yeah, well, I, I thought people <laughs> knew who you were. No, I don't think he's gonna know. Okay, well, so when Abdullah, then you know Algalore went next, which is good value, and then Eric comes back on the clock again. So he moved all the way down from one five to one ten, moving down twice, and he takes Brashad Perriman. Right. And Perriman was his target the entire time. He would have taken him at five. He and, was gonna take him at five, right, over so, Devontae Parker. Yep, which is crazy to me, but me too. That's what he was gonna do. So. um yeah, great value, man. To move back twice and just pick up extra picks. I mean, that's really actually knowing the knowing the board and knowing where you have guys valued compared to everyone else. And that's why you, you know, that's, that's why you want to kind of like look at mock drafts, see what see those mock drafts mm-hmm. we put out, listen to podcasts like this, see where people are going, kind of right. see where that ADP, where that value is, just to see where you can move to. If you don't do any research at all, then you don't know. That's where you start to reach. Oh yeah. Uh, that's where you start to make mistakes. So just being knowledgeable, just putting a little work of like listening listen to this podcast, which obviously you're doing right now, uh, reading some mock drafts, you know, things along those lines, they will help you a lot. And to the point of like Eric, you know, it helped him to get to the point where he picked up extra picks, got good players with those picks, and still nailed the guy he wants. So it shows you now, now can Perriman go as high as seven in somebody's draft? Absolutely. But then worst case, you know, Nelson Aguilar went before him. You get Nelson Aguilar. Is that, uh, I mean... I'd rather have Al Gore than Perriman anyways. Me too. So it's a nice yeah. consolation yep. prize. I agree. Um, but all these players here, I, I really, really like. Now, after, with your pick, Doriel Greenback, because then went Tevin Coleman, who, you know, you know, Tony needed a running back. It was, we, everybody knew he was taking a running back. He yeah, was, absolutely. He's, he has 11th pick. He lost in the championship game because he had no running backs. Uh, he made a tra- trade, but he traded Jordan Elson before the draft for Marshawn Lynch, Larry Fitz, and Doug Martin, which was kind of a, Really good trade on his end as well. I think he kind of bent Juan over a little bit on that one. Uh, but he needed a run back. We all knew that was the way it was going. And then you take Doro Green Beckham at 12. And you felt, I know you said you were really happy with that pick. I mean, I'm, I, I love the guy's upside. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm at 12. I mean, most years it's a total crapshoot. And I think this guy is 
obviously if he had a cleaner pre-draft, you know, history, he would have, he wouldn't have lasted that long. Definitely. Same thing, same storyline with him. That's been completely through, you know, upside is through the roof, right? The floors all the way through down to Hades. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's rock bottom. But, but at 12, I mean, you're not, that's great. That's great value for me. I mean, yeah. You're just, taking a huge upside you're, guy. You just take a sip on that championship trophy and exactly. you know, you're saying, carry on. You yep. know, yep. you got time to develop something like that. That's a great, that's a, that's the best thing about winning. You know, yep. it's like you have a championship caliber team, you know, unless all of a sudden everybody had was really only all just retired, but you have a championship caliber team. You could draft development talent, all those picks late in the draft. Cause even if you have the ninth pick doesn't say you're the ninth best team. It's just, you lost in the playoffs, which can happen to anybody. Right. You know, you can never be upset about, losing well okay of course you could be upset about losing the playoffs but once you get there i mean it's it's literally it's a 50 point andrew luck game away from a loss you know one of those kind of two of those performances in your toast i've countless times i've had the best team and you just had that one bad matchup right you know, in the playoffs like and oh if i just wouldn't have played him and your toast you know yeah toast but uh i mean for my team i got des bryant i got odell beckham those are like my number one and number two but my number three and number four emmanuel sanders and golden tate are also young but i mean for a guy like emmanuel sanders in a couple of years when peyton manning's not there is he going to be any good yeah really both question mark kind of guys like right. you know even golden tate like golden tate goes really high uh golden tate for me his numbers were inflated last year because because uh, Calvin, Calvin was out. Yeah, so I mean, Oda, I mean, Doriel Green Beckham obviously could slide in as a number three, a great number three in two years. You know, like boom, he's he's Doriel right in my. What I say? Odell Green Beckham. Sorry, Doriel Green Beckham. All these Beckhams. Um, Beckham and Beckham. Start bending it over there. Yeah, exactly. Call your team Team Bendit. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> you get all these offers. Hey, Team Bendit. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that name. And... I'll trade you the lube for. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a friendly show. So yeah, I, and I agree. I thought you got great value too because if you flip flop Doro Tevin Coleman and Dora Green Beckham again, I think that the top eleven picks, I think, is where it's at. For me this year, I mean that's that's where the drop off kind of comes. You know, I like Max Williams. I mean, there's players I like. Like I like Max Williams. Uh I like Tevin Coleman, but there's just more question marks when it comes to that. And if anybody I'm gonna squeeze back into that first round, kind of, which I know he's not gonna go in there because of it, is a Max Williams. I do like Max Williams. I like a, the system he's in. Uh I like the offense he's in. I, I just like I like I like Max Williams. I'm a tight end guy though. You know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I was believe me. I was. Max Williams was staring me in the face, and it was between him, uh, Duke Johnson, and Doral Green Beckham at that point for me. Out of them, yeah, but to me, the clear choice to me too is Doral Green. Beckham. Yeah, that's it's what it is. I mean, Doral Green Beckham's got such a higher upside than either one of those two guys. Again, if, that, you're, if you're picking that late, you know, it's like that. That's perfect for you because right. then if you if he pans out in three years, so you know, keep the championships on coming. Exactly. So the recap the first round, you're looking at Todd Gurley. Mari Cooper, Melvin Gordon, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Jameis Winston, TJ Yeldon, Amir Abdullah, Nelson Algalore, Rashad Perriman, Tevin Coleman, Doriel Green Beckham. Pretty much kind of how you'll see, I'd guess, about 95% of first rounds in some order. Yeah, I mean, that's unless there's some, first... like, weird homer picks or something like that. You never know, like, where... There's always a homer pick. Right, wherever your hometown is, you know. Sometimes gets a gets a little bump. No Duke Johnson bump. Nope. Yeah, we we learn quickly. Here yes, we do. yes, we do. Yes, we do. So then moving on the second round, uh, kind of a you know not a surprise, but Jay Jai went, uh, with the first pick in the second round, which is to me that's fine. I mean, the upside's there. Right. Uh, I I think the big thing with the Jai for me is I like Lamar Miller. I just think he's a good running back. I do. Right. I, I do. I do. I think he's a great running back. No. But I mean, he was a top ten fantasy running back last year. I yeah, I know. I Which just, means nothing NFL eyes. No. I don't care about the fantasy <laughs> numbers. But right, right. He's the one thing with him though is they they do like they've shown that they like to use him sparingly. They definitely do. Which is a, it. They just that their use of him is what really bothers me. But I I don't I'm not really sold on his talent either. So I guess I'm not a Lamar Miller fan either. No. I'm hating on all Mike's running backs, aren't I? While hey, he's hey, not hey. while he's not here. Uh, does he but, have Lamar Miller? Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, Mike. F you, Mike. <laughs> and your team. So Jai goes there. Uh, it, it, 
He's going to go somewhere high second round. So for him go 2-1, 2-4, I mean, it's not really a huge difference. And I think, I mean, I think at this point, Danny um, has got so many picks that he just grabbed somebody. He needed a running back. He grabbed the highest one on his board. And Yeah, and I would have taken Duke Johnson there personally. I would have. Uh, PPR I, League. I probably would have also. But, uh, you know, if he likes Ajayi, he likes Ajayi. That's, that's fine with me. I mean, this is a guy we were talking about as a number three running back. Uh, three months ago. Those, I mean, those two are really, really close. Actually, now that I look at it, I actually have Ajayi higher, so I probably would have looked at him and tried to, you know, swoop him up as well. Okay. So I guess I don't disagree with Danny on that one. <laughs> you disagree with yourself, more likely, what it sounds Sorry. like over there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> after that went Max Williams. Uh, again, we talked about that. Like the pick there. Eric making moves, gets on there, gets an extra pick in this year's draft, gets Max Williams pretty much for free. Yeah, basically. I know I'd take Max Williams for free. I, I would love a Max Williams for free. Yeah, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want a Max Williams for free. So it really helps his team out there. And then it went uh back to Josh. He took Duke Johnson, same guy who traded up for TJ Yeldon, who really needed a running back. Comes away with TJ Yeldon, Duke Johnson is his first two picks. I mean, he really needed two running backs. So that was great for him. It worked yeah, out. It worked perfect. out perfect yeah. for him. Because I really do like Duke Johnson as a PPR back. I really do. I think he's gonna be in almost every third down. Uh, I think he'll get more carries than that. I don't think he's just going to be specifically a third down back. And we'll see where it goes. But I think he's going to be, for a running back two and what's out there in the NFL today, he's going to be suitable to start in fantasy football. I'm not going to jump out on that limb. Uh, like at the beginning of the year, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to work his way in by the end of the year, though. Midseason, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's yeah, out the gate blazing, but he's somebody who you're going to be able to work into a lineup. Now, is he ideally your running back two? No. But in Dynasty, it's not a redraft, so it's not like you just grab these running backs. If you need running back help, Duke Johnson, somebody you can probably plug in, in there and get some help. It's for the second round pick, where he's going to go in a lot of the time in the second round, he's going to be good value there for you. And he's going to go high end in the second round as well. Anytime you can get a running back that you can plug into your lineup at some point in the first year, in the second round, you're doing really well. So Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's that's the whole reason why you build around these young receivers early because, again, running back is a position that you can come into, grab later, and plug and play. It's, a, it's, it's, it's where it's at, you know. You grab these young running backs. You grab these really good receivers early in your startup drafts. Then you start to get these running backs. Some of these older run, really good older running backs are going to slip anyways, you know, like the Marshawn Lynches and the Arian Fosters, guys that they're going to slip. So you can still get really good talent on top of your young running backs and just, hey, next year, I'm taking a young running back. Plug and play, man. Plug and play. After that, uh, after that Duke Johnson pick, another running back went off the board, David Johnson. Uh, again, I think we've talked about David Johnson being there in Arizona. It's I, I can't wait to see how that plant pays out because he kind of reminds he's just a bigger Andre Ellington in my eyes. You know, yeah, so. I'm, some of the remarks that have been coming out about him haven't been altogether positive. No, not at all. They've been bad. Yeah, Bruce Arians is kind of like he can't do crap. I think Bruce Arians' exact quote was like, he needs to get his shit together. I think that was, that was the exact quote. No, the exact quote was, he doesn't know shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew the word shit was yeah, in yeah. somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's having a hard time finding his niche right now. But, I mean, he, he was coming from a lower level, so um, a lower level of college competition. He was never really huge on my board anyways. I mean, I have him ranked where he is, but he's somebody that I would totally pass over like the guy i took uh coming in two picks i would have still i would have taken him ahead of david johnson oh yeah so would I. so I'm like i'm not a huge he's somebody again i like andre ellington there i i johnson to me is not the back i was looking for to go there that i was going to really like, like i mean you know, i have johnson ranked 22nd so he might have been like the first guy that was way low for me that got picked in the draft okay so i'd much was, rather was, see like a david cobb go there personally. i mean i have david cobb ahead of him so yeah me too I, yeah. But he didn't go. I mean, he didn't go ahead of him. So it's kind of to me again to each of their own, right? Yeah. Mike obviously liked David Johnson. Not her. Not Mike Zivovich, by the way. But we have two mics. Yeah, we have two mics. Um. Then Philip Dorsett goes to Tony. I know me and Mike aren't big on torn, uh, Philip Dorsett. I know you kind of are. No, I'm not. No, you're not. No. Oh, we're, oh. So we're, we're all free. we're all in agreement there. Okay. None of us like Philip Dorsett. I have him. Good. I have him below even like Tyler Lockett and all and. Jalen Strong and okay. all those guys. And then I take Jalen Strong at 2-6. That was a great pick, man. Um, I well, for, He was pretty much fell. I, I had him 16. So. I couldn't believe he was there. Like Again, I would, I would have taken him ahead of Dorsett. I would have taken him ahead of uh, David Johnson. Um, I would have taken him ahead of, honestly, I would have taken him ahead of J.J. Me personally. Uh, so to me, I could have had like the 2-3 pick there and still got the same guy I would have had you know, at 2-6. So me coming away with Melvin Gordon and Jalen Strong, that to me, 
Because, I mean, once you start in the third round, it really starts to, it really starts to thin out here. You know, so oh, your first, yeah, I totally agree. So, you know, what you learn on these drafts is your first two picks are what you really, you know, you want second round picks this year. Me, me not having a second round pick this year, I, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Because it was the last pick in the second round. I was kind of like, the talent was already dissipating. It was already starting to dissipate. And I was like, if I don't, if I miss out on one of these guys, I don't really care. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So if you can kind of almost trade like third, your third, fourth, fifth pick, right. back in the second round, trade all those picks, right. and maybe like a fourth next year, even or something like that. I mean, I'd, I recommend doing it because yeah. between, between halfway through the second round and the last pick in the second round, it's starting to get ugly. It's starting to get fugly. But, now there's still talent in the third round. There's though. definitely still there definitely still is, but the people that are going there at the the back end of the second round, I, eh, I don't like them any more than the guys that are going in the third round. I They're guess pretty is, close. Is my point? Yeah, there's. I mean, because you know, I came away. I mean, we'll get to my pick, but my third round pick again. I came away really happy with my third round pick too, but happy because I'm a fan of the player. But I know it's still kind of, uh, you know, it's no guarantee. You know, it's not. I'm not coming away happy because, oh, this is a for sure thing. But I really like the upside there. Uh, and Justin Hardy, who we'll get to. So then, you know, Devin Funches goes to Tommy. Uh, we all know how we feel about Funches. He's no fun. He should go play chess. Yes. <laughs> that was good. Go ahead. So then, you know, Mike, a bit, another reach here. A lot of people thought there was a reach here. It takes Clive Walford. And oh, I, 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 I was sitting right next to Mike, and he was, like, taking a second, like, looking at his board. I'm like, Mike, just pick your guy. I know who you want. He's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're right. And then he, he was done within, like, 10 seconds after I said that. So I knew he was going to take him. I didn't think it was that big of a reach. I, again, I don't think it's a big reach, too, as well. But a lot of people, if you see a lot of mock drafts, Walford's going in the third in almost all of them. Now, and Mike put it there on Twitter. He's like, hey, I know this may be a reach, but I don't, I don't think that I could have got him in the third round in our league. And I want to make sure I got my guy. And the difference between him and all these other guys is it's not enough for me not to take my guy. So Mike made a, a, a good move there saying, hey, this is a guy who I believe in. This is a guy I like. You, you all may think I'm reaching, which obviously I don't. You don't. I, I like don't, Walford yeah. as well. Uh, but I don't think it's a reach. So, and again, if somebody comes at you and, you, and there's a guy you like and you, you have a whole other round to go and you feel like you might not get him and you can't find a trade partner to move back a little bit, Take your guy. I mean, stick with what you believe in. I think we've said it before on the podcast, maybe last year during the draft time, but I would much rather lose with guys that I, I picked and I had, like, conviction about than, than, you know, like, pick guys that other people thought was a good pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. Who cares what other people think? Exactly. I don't care if, if you think it's a reach. I want, I want that guy. I'm going to go get him. Yeah. I mean, you do. You should do all your research and homework up into your draft to get to that point. And. Once you get to that point, then you should stick with your board. It doesn't matter what somebody else, somebody else again, somebody must, oh, you, you made a big reach for that guy. I'm like, well, no, I didn't. He's number 18 on my board. You know, that's, that, 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 that's where I have him. You can have Devin Funches, who I think is a reach, because I have a number 40 on my board. Right. Which people are going to disagree with, but that's, that's your board. You know what I mean? That's, that's the whole reason you have your board. What's the point of having one? And for me, I mean, I have Clyde Walford at 20 and that's where he got picked. So I good mean, value. dead on, you know, same thing for me. That's right around. He's right, right there at the end of the second round. So I think it's really good value as well. And that's comes that, you know, if you have him at 20, he goes 18. He, I mean, he went 20. He literally went 20. So I'm saying, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he goes, Oh or, yeah. Even if you're reaching two picks on, it's you not know, a big deal. not a big deal at all. Um, no, no. You know, then it went Devin Smith. Then it went David Cobb. Then it went Buck Allen. Then it went Marcus Mariota. Uh, again, you know, there's some guys here you'll see in the third round that might have gone maybe a little bit higher, but not really. I think, again, I think this pretty much falls in line with a, a standard second round. Like, literally, those last four picks that you just said, Devin Smith, David Cobb, Buck Allen, and, and Marcus Mariota, I, if that's what I had to choose from there at the back end of the second round, I, w- I would, I mean, I'm glad I didn't have that pick. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't care about really any of the... Marcus Mariota probably moves the a needle. Good investment. Yeah. Moves the needle more than those other three that I mentioned, but that's it. Like, I mean, I th- I thought I think personally, I think David Cobb, Danny getting David Cobb there at one ten. I think that's pretty good value. I have him a little bit higher. You know, I'd prefer him over David Johnson. So I think getting David Cobb there is a good value, just because of situation. Uh, you know, the rookie quarterback in Marcus Mariota, they're gonna have to rely on a run game there. They still don't have a standout receiver. Bishop Sankey showed not a lot last last year. Not not enough to the point where I'm gonna give up on him. But for me, not being a huge fan going into it, 
you know, it doesn't give me a lot of hope. And I think David Cobb has enough talent where he could be a a, a running back in the NFL. You know, he could yeah, be a quality yeah, yeah. running back. No, I agree. I agree with that. And I'm I guess the point I'm trying to make is is, you know, guys twenty one through thirty five are kinda just all in a group to me. It's a tier. Yeah. yeah. And it, it it's a mixed tier here. I I agree completely. Who do you I mean, who do you think got the best, you know, bang for their buck here in the second round? Um I do I mean, I do like the Jalen Strong pick, but that is kinda like right where I have him. Um I I there there's no there's nobody that sticks out as having a great one. There's a yeah. couple that are like eh, I wouldn't have done that. Like again, I think the Jai reach at yeah. two ones kind of a I think that's a little bit of a reach for him there. I'd prefer to try and trade back a little bit there because then, like I said, worst case you could still get a Duke Johnson if you trade a little bit back there. Maybe pick up another pick. Yeah, but in Danny's situation, he's got so many picks. Like he can only fit so many guys on his roster, and like in three years or whatever he did i guess it doesn't matter because you still got david cobb there at 110 right 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 he, and he, yeah exactly he has two full drafts so i mean for him to like want to trade back he might as well just pick his guys for him but i'm just saying for most people that yeah. don't have multiple picks right in, right um i think a jay is a little bit of a reach a little you know myself i don't like the david johnson pick a lot that's the one that really sticks out as a bad one and the devin funches yeah so i now I think the Devin Funchess, obviously, we're going to think Funchess is a bad pick there no matter where he goes in the second round because we just don't like him. But that's where he's going to go consistently. Somebody's going to Yeah, somebody's going to go. So, for sure. I mean, there's upside there. I mean, but again, we're just not believers. He's going to be the one that, if he turns out to be good, we'll all have to eat crow on. Uh, yeah. Not as much crow as Mike. Mike wanted to eat as much crow, uh, but we will. But so, I'm very I mean, confident that he's going to be a turd. Because there's no one in that second round that I see as like great value, and there are people that. I see as bad value, it kind of works into the third round where I do see some of those guys as good value. Yeah, we'll get to that next. Right. I, I want. I mean, obviously, everybody in the first round is good value. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I, so for me, and again, I know it's my pick, but I thought my Jalen Strong pick was great value there. And I think the Marcus Mariota pick is really good value, too, there being the last pick in the second round. Uh, even if you don't need a running back there, I mean, we're still talking about the former, I mean, I don't think the Heisman means anything in the NFL. But, you know, the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, uh, somebody that they're going to be all in on. And for somebody like him, he is Aaron Rodgers. But, again, most people, if he's going to go that late, has a quarterback. Right. But, I mean, Mariota is a good investment at 212. I mean, he's clearly the best player on the board there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, I think I think the Mariota pick was good value. Uh, Max Williams, he went so high, it really can be considered good value. I think the David Kahn pick was good value for being that late in the second round, for the kind of upside at running back there. Um, Definitely for how many running backs went ahead of him. I think just because on his upside, I mean, if you're taking, like, David Johnson upside, I think Cobb's upside's higher than David Johnson's upside, I guess, is the way I look at it. Um, so I like those picks. And, now, you know, obviously the J- Jalen Strong pick was terrific. <laughs> oh, pat yourself on the back there, Richard. <laughs> there you go. Oops, I hurt myself. Uh, so, the, so the second round picks, Ajayi, Max Williams, Duke Johnson, David Johnson, Philip Dorsett, Jalen Strong, Devin Funches, Clive Walford, Devin Smith, David Cobb, Buck Allen, and Marcus Mariota. And you know what maybe we should do tomorrow is maybe just, uh, maybe we'll tweet a picture of this thing out so people can follow along with us. Yeah, we'll tweet a picture. As soon as I, as soon as I tweet out the podcast, I'll tweet this out as well. And I'll consistently kind of yeah, yeah. do that. So uh, round three picked up, Jeremy Langford off the board here. Um, now, a lot of these guys are just, you know, upside kind of guys. You know, that's that's when you, the third round, it's just full of them. Uh, the fourth round's full of them with less chance. Fifth round's like shot in the dark. And we have six-round draft and six-round people. It's like, okay, if one of these guys sticks to a roster, you know, God bless America. Yeah, dude, the sixth round is usually pretty. Uh... Honestly, the fifth round is almost, hey. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm saying the sixth round, like literally, if you're you're striking gold, if you hit anything, if any one of those guys, Eureka, yeah, are on anybody's rosters in three years, then wow. yeah. So Jeremy Langford goes first in the second round, uh, in the third round. I'm a Langford fan. I think you weren't a Langford fan, nah, right? Not really, no. So I mean, he gets he's going to a good spot. I wasn't really huge uh, last year on uh, oh Arizona State. Uh yeah, I can see his face and everything. Wow, how quickly it goes bad. I drafted him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's on your roster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Whatever his well, name Anyway, is. so Langford, you know, it can he, I think, like, I like Langford's talent. I like him going 
to a spot where if his if his upside pan out, he's gonna be the best. Like he's a good man. You know, he catches the ball well. Matt Forte catches the ball well. He he has those. He he reminds me he could be he's gonna be in like a little bit of a Forte kind of model esque. Um, but do you think Forte is gonna be a Forte esque this year in this new offense? Uh, as long as they throw the ball, I mean that's where his bread and butter is. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not like Forte can't run the ball, but I mean this guy caught a hundred balls last year. He still wasn't the number one. I mean, that's the best way to put it, right? The guy caught 100 footballs last year. He wasn't the number one fantasy running back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, how is it even possible? 102 catches, yeah. That's ridiculous, right? Like I, if, if you have a receiver that catches 102 balls, he's going to finish in the, like, at the top. But I, I don't know exactly where Forte finished last year, but I know it wasn't one. I it, know it wasn't two. Very true. He was, I think he was top five, but um, that's just going off of memory. So, so, and so that's going to show you, like, I mean, that just really states where, like, Forte as a runner. I mean, that's never been his, like, Forte. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a PPR back. He Dude. catches balls. Yeah, so I, I like Forte. You know, I mean, for, for what he does well, obviously that, that, ra- that road's coming to an end. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be. I think he's 29 this year, right? Yeah, but yeah. for what he does, he catches the ball. So he's more of a receiver anyway. So his, his longevity could last. Um, Forte was three. Now that I look at the stats, was so he number three? Yeah. So he, I mean, in PPR, he okay. still finished pretty good. Still, yeah. Well, that you should yeah. <laughs> finish in top three if you catch a hundred balls. You yeah. know what I mean, I mean, it's it's only been done by two other running backs in the NFL history. So, yeah. I, I mean, but I mean, isn't that crazy though? Like you catch a hundred balls and you're still not the run number one running back. Like, what are you rushing the ball? Or are you just catching the ball? He was mostly just catching the. Just ball. mostly yeah. catching the ball. Yep. So, uh, then it went Sammy Coates again. Sammy Coates is a d- complete de- developmental uh, receiver. They have Martavis Bryant there. They have I'm not, I I think he has no value almost uh, in Marcus Wheaton really anymore. He was an upside, but it's kind of like them taking Sammy Coates kind of says, "Hey, they keep taking guys after they took him, which is just kind of a bad sign." Yeah, and Bryant passed him up, which we kind of expected to do last year, right? And I think Coates will. I think Coates for sure has the talent if he can put together easily pass. Marcus Sweeten. Oh yeah. Uh, like I like that much better than the next guy that got picked, Chris Conley. Yeah. Yeah. See, now the same guy took both, so Josh took both. Right. Sammy Coates. See, I like Chris Conley because Chris Conley catches the ball well. He's really, really fast. I mean, this guy. I mean, this is, he Chris Conley blew up the combine. The only thing that stinks about Conley is everything he does well. Alex Smith doesn't do well. No. So. That and it, he, this guy reeks of Stephen Hill to me. Oh, you think so? Yeah, big time. Not a lot of college production. Just comes out and uh, comes out of nowhere after the combine. After he tears it up, he just he. That's what he feels like to me. Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill. Very possible upside though. I mean, that's what that's, that's Stephen what Hill. Is. Stephen Hill had a lot of upside too, but you know I he's got really he's got out. a lot of work to do. I think. Ma- and a majority of the upside guys don't pan out. I mean. Really, that's really usually the case. A majority of them. The more, I mean, it's fun looking at this board now. It's fun looking at these guys before even the draft and where you value a guy before the draft. And then when you actually got to take him, you're like, man, I don't really want him. Right. <laughs> you know, all year, like, forever, like Sammy Coates. Like, man, Sammy Coates is going to be a pretty good receiver. Like, oh, I'm excited about him in Dynasty in the future years. And now here we are. And he's on the board, and you're like, man, I don't really want Sammy Coates. Yeah. I would have taken Sammy Coates in the third round. I think that's a decent pick. At Chris Conley, I wouldn't touch until the fourth round. Again, I like Sammy Coates too, but I'm just saying. I mean, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh yeah, like Sammy oh, yeah, Coates, yeah. right, right. Like last year before the season, like, ooh, Sammy Coates. Now yeah. you're like, oh, I gotta wait on Sammy Coates. How long do I have to wait? I got you. I got you. So Chris Conley went. Cameron Artis Payne went then after that, which I think is a nice upside pick. Really, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guys look who he's sitting behind. I mean, yeah, guys are just wait. He's made of glass. Yeah, unfortunately, he's on my team. And, uh, you know, John, Jonathan Stewart's my boy. But, uh, yeah, there's a really good chance that Artis Payne will get on the field this year. Very, very good chance. Yeah, and I, there's already reviews, you know, Ray reviews coming out by Ron Rivera saying, hey, this guy is really good. He'd be a three-down back. Right. They're building him up, uh, which is. OTA talk. Yeah, OTA talk. But, again, good talk is better than bad talk. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Right. It's not coming out as, you know, Devontae Parker. It's right. not coming out as uh, David Johnson. You know, his coach isn't swearing about him, which is always a good sign. 
Have you uh, heard, have you heard all the uh, Brashard Perryman talk? How he hasn't dropped a pass all all off season? Yeah, I catch I can catch granny ball tosses <laughs> with, as well. Exactly with no pads on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody coming to hit him. So right, I, well. I won't get too crazy. And again, I, I was one of the guys preaching Perrymans, uh, and I know before like. Like five podcasts ago, I was like, "Oh, I kind of moved Perriman down my board." Completely retract that statement. Uh, where again, I think Perriman. I don't think Perriman. Perriman's hands were as bad as everybody said they were. I think a lot of it had to do with like the worst QB play out of all the receivers. Oh, I agree. I agree. He had really bad QB play. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, like you know, you're granny. You're tossing balls up there. Nobody's really defending them. Right. You know, they're they're not. Let's see everything in training camp. Wait till some. Yeah, even. Even the real games. I mean, training camp, he's not going to get lit up by a safety. Yeah. And so don't, yeah. And that's a good point, too, Matt. Like, don't jump on this hype train of like all these people getting talked up, you know, like in OTAs. And like, oh, I got to go pick this guy up because he looks good in OTAs. You know, everybody looks good in OTAs. Right. If you don't look good, if, now the complete opposite, if this guy looks terrible in OTAs, again, you don't jump ship. These guys are, this is the first taste of the NFL. Right. There could be a lot going on in their heads. You know what I mean? It could be negotiating, you know, there could be lots of things going on. But, uh, yeah, don't jump the hype train. Go start picking up guys and dropping. Guys. Oh, oh, I'll drop this guy just because this guy might be good. Don't, don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Please it's don't. It's do a it. nasty little trap, man. Um. So where were we then? There. So Matt Jones goes next. You know, again, upside. Jameson Crowder. I took Justin Hardy after that. Again, somebody out of all the guys in the third, like he's one of my favorite guys. I like. Oh know? yeah, I'm a big I... Justin Hardy guy. Love his opportunity there in uh, Atlanta. Definitely with no tight end. So. They should utilize that number three receiver there. I agree. Uh, and Roddy White's on, you know, he's skydiving off the cliff with no parachute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's only 32. He's, oh, man, he's only a little 32. bit nicked up last year. Uh, you don't need to get on my boy Roddy like that, all right? Well, he's a founding member of my squad. Well, Roddy's, Roddy's riding away. Well, so I've made plans for the future. I got Doriel Green back. Yeah, you got DGB, man. <laughs> I got Justin Hardy. Step right in there. Then uh, goes uh, Mike uh, takes Tyler Lockett. You take Tyler Croft. I, just a high upside guy. Yeah, like I mean. it. No, I like. It. I think it's good value yeah. there, tight end. I'm kind of mad because I didn't like. If Justin Hardy would have went before me, that's why I was going to take Tyler Cross. Right, right. Because I'm mad at myself. I always take a tight end every year, and it's the first year I don't take a tight end. And I took a ton of them. I, um, this was the pick that I got actually in the Odell Beckham trade from Shady when I gave up Martellus Bennett. So I figured, what better pick <laughs> than to pick up a new oh, tight end? You know, like man. just keep him coming back. It's one in. of those trades that's going to come back and haunt you forever. Yeah. We all have them. Yes, they do. That's a bad one. Then goes Mike Davis, Josh Robinson, then you took Garrett Grayson. Garrett Grayson, yep. So that's a that's the third round there again. All nothing, you know, nothing crazy about. Um so we'll we'll skim through these last round picks before that, you know, let's get a couple of uh Twitter questions. What do you think about that? Sure. I had a couple of people I told people we're gonna podcast about the rookie draft, so let's answer some rookie pod no, not rookie draft questions. Rookie podcast. What am I trying to say? I don't know, man. Tongue twister. Yeah. Repeat it back to me fast I, as you can. Tongue twister. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're good. Yeah. So let's get to the first question here. Uh, first one is, I have Big Ben, and I'm set at wide receiver. Okay. Struggling whether to take a chance on Perriman or Winston at 1-6. I also have 1-4. So at 1-4, you got to go either, well, I guess you don't have to go Parker or White, but I say you have to go Parker or White. I mean, who knows? I mean, Gordon could be sitting there, too, at number four. I, Theoretically. Well, then if he's there, then you, yeah. Right. So, I mean, obviously you go Gordon, uh, for me, White, and then Parker. Seems legit. At, yeah. at four. And then at six, if you, Perriman or Winston. Uh, But you're set at wide receiver, so why not consider TJ Yeldon here? That's what I, that's my initial thought is, is why not go Yeldon? Maybe that person has Yeldon lower on their board. So, I mean, they're really only asking us Winston, Perryman. I would probably go Winston, I think. I'd go Winston as well, and I'd like to trade down a couple more spots and grab Winston here because, I mean, I think if you tr- trade down to eight, you know, look for somebody that wants to trade up for Al Galore, look for someone who wants to trade up for Yeldon, uh, make that move, maybe pick up an extra second, grab Winston. And then worst-case scenario, you know, if he go- Winston goes at seven or something, then you get Perriman or you get Yeldon or you get Al Galore. That's a great point, especially if you're struggling between two guys and you only have to move move three spots down. Yeah, move I mean, down and let let – let it come to you. Let and, it come to you. And get Let them make a decision for yeah. you. So that, that's a good move there uh, at PHP. If, if they can't move back, my my choice is Winston. I'd take Winston as well. So there you He's go. He's higher on my board, so that's who, I, that's who I'm taking there. Yep. Who do I take at 1-9 from uh, at Fantasy Opinion? At 1-9, best player available. Best player. I mean, look at our, our draft sheets. That That's the best way to answer. But, I mean, I'm guessing, you know. Nine in our draft went 
Algalore, Algalore, right? yeah, which that, is stealing. Yeah, if you can get Algalore at nine, I, I'd go for that for you're, sure. You're, you're most likely coming away with a receiver, either Brashad Perriman, Nelson Algalore. I mean, that's that's usually it's probably something that's gonna be right around there. You know, uh, maybe somehow, you know, Yeldon slips or the guy I would see sl- slips. Yeah, yeah, yep. There, if you don't need a receiver, then you know, take Doriel Green Beckham. You know, there at one. I don't think nine's a reach. Uh, if there's nobody there you love at nine, slide down. But if you can, get, if you can get in that that higher tier there and get like a Prashad Perriman or Nelson Aguilar, that's who I'm really looking at nine. And I feel like I'm coming up with really good value there. Uh, next question from at etl one two four ftg. Don't even know what that means. Yeah. Uh, I gotta create, dude. I gotta create my Twitter name. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna type it with my nose. Did I catch a niner in there? <laughs> are you calling from a walkie-talkie? <laughs> Roger that. Uh, he asked for a super flex league. How many spots does that push the top QBs? Well, it pushes them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a super flex league, I have Winston as a top three player. Yeah. You know, it again. Super flex leagues. What it does is it pushes the QBs up. That's it. That's where the rankings really kind of change. And this is a weak QB class. And next year's class is really deep at quarterback. So, you know, for me, if I can't get Winston, then maybe I, I still don't take, I'm still not reaching for Mariota. No. Super Q, you know, right. the, only, the only person that pushes up for me is Winston, pushes him to a top three pick. I think he's a guy that can immediately contribute, especially for a super flex league. Yeah, me too. So that's so why I think he goes up. Besides that, keep the board the same. I mean, remember, at the super flex spot, you could still start. Nelson Algalore. Right. You still spot start Todd Gurley. So um if I only had one QB, I would obviously taking Winston at one one wouldn't be a reach in a super flex league. But Winston becomes the top three. I think Mariota, you know, kinda gets sees himself at the end of the first round, very high second round then. That's where he kinda jumps up a little bit. I think I think maybe even a little bit more for him. Possibly. I could I mean I could see all the way up to maybe one eight, one nine. In that area? Yeah, in a super flex. Depending on your, you know, obviously your situation. I mean, if right. you're set there, you obviously don't reach for him. But if you need a quarterback then in a super flex, you got to reach because that's where your bread and butter is yeah. at, the, at the QB position. I, and, I mean, especially Mariota, he's going to get, you know, rushing. Most likely he's going to get rushing yards in there as well. He'll so. probably be running a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> anybody open? Nobody open? Oh, well, I could, I could run better than Bishop Sankey. Yeah, seriously. Peace him out. God. Uh, God was I wrong about him. <laughs> oh, yes, you were. Uh, then coming up from... Dave Ball, 73. Did I address my running back needs well enough? Uh, Dynasty PPR, points for everything. I'm okay at wide receiver. Brown, Cooks, Evans, Benjamins, my starters. Uh, he, PPR Keeper League, rookies, 1-5, Melvin Gordon. Took, so I'm assuming he got Gordon at 1-5, which is awesome, phenomenal. Yep. Um, he got 2-5. He got a, a Abdullah. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's nice. Uh and then he has Jay Stu, Sproles, McKinnon, Stacey Carey, Sims, Oliver. Yeah. I mean, to you, you not only did you get great value for your picks there, Dave, but you feel needs because you have Jay Stu and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Abdullah fan, but if you can get him in the 2-5, two five. Two five, that's ridiculous oh, value. That's so, stealing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you love Abdullah 2-5, right? Absolutely. Love yeah. him. Yeah. So now you, well, you told me you hate him earlier. At 2-5? Love I him. Love him. Oh, stealing. And Man. I think Melvin Gordon at 1-5 is just criminal i mean i put a ring on it at two five <laughs> so you're saying it's forever uh let's, let's set up one more here at west underscore h where would virgil green rank among this year's rookies good question um i'm a guy that actually ran out and grabbed virgil green i'm not a big virgil green guy i'm not i mean he came out of the um speaking of workout warriors like we were earlier he did he tore up the combine yeah, I, I think he's just coming down from his vertical right now. Um, so he has a ton of athleticism. I mean, the guy had like a 40-something vertical and just tore up the 40 and everything. So he's got a ton of athleticism and upside. They just haven't used him as a wide he's receiver. nothing. So I don't really know what to expect. I mean, they're bringing Owen Daniels, you know, uh, behind. I mean, if they, I mean, if Elway was confident in Virgil Green, then... You know, maybe they, maybe they would have. You know, they get let, maybe they let Julius Thomas walk for. But they no, they're bringing Owen Daniels. This is green. well, that that might have been just Kubiak bringing somebody that he's super True. familiar with and just knew the whole system and everything. So the question is, where would he rank against this year's rookies? Uh, for me, third round. I would say th- I would probably put him slightly right after Croft, like right either before or after Croft. Right. See, I'd put him after Croft. 
for I, me personally. I might put him I might have put him before just because um who he's throwing in the ball. Yeah, see, but again, I think Owen Daniels would be the one, number one tight end there. Uh everything I've seen on Green, nothing's really kind of stood out to me. He's just somebody like I, I just think he's gonna fall by the wayside and become the He I very well could, but I he I think you have to admit that he's got upside in that offense. I mean there's upside, yeah. But there's upside with Tyler Croft too, and I'd rather you know, for somebody that just said that he was the number one tight end on their board, right? That's who I, I and obviously that could be a complete false statement. They could be being, you know, telling lies out there. But I mean, for me personally, I have him at four. You'd have him close, either three or four. Three, either three or four, and yeah, it's, it's throwing it at me. That my first reaction is is right around there, and I think yours is also. So. Okay, so um, let's get back to this draft here that we had um, again, round four. Uh, I'm gonna go through the names here in order. Yeah, let's just let's just kind of laser through these. Rashad ones. Green, DeAndre Smelter, Ty Montgomery, Carlos Williams, Trey McBride, Stephon Diggs, Kenny Bell, Bryce Petty, Vince Maley, Devontae Davis, Jesse James, Nicole Pruitt. Mm-hmm. Now, amongst these names, there's only a handful of guys that I'd even consider drafting. All right, again, I like Rashad Green as a player. I just oh. think he's in a really bad pl- pl- spot. I don't like Rashad Green as a player. I was tra- actually sitting right next to Mike, and he was talking him up, Mike, um, Dynasty Nerd Mike. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, I, I think he was a really, because Mike was basing it all off college and saying how he was a good college player. And I was like, I don't disagree with you. I think he was a good college player. He just, he feels like Brian Robisky to me. Okay. Like he was really good in college. but Best possession receiver in college. He, Right, I don't think he's going to be fast enough for the NFL, and I don't think it's just—I don't think it's going to translate. He's not big or or fast. He's, and I said it before. I mean, you're talking about guys ahead of him that were drafted. You know, you have Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson that were selected in the second round, right? Who are clear choices ahead of him in any kind of dynasty startup or any dynasty draft. Allen Hearns, who you can argue was the best receiver on that roster last year, who was a seventh round pick. Uh, so you have those three guys, all really young. You got Julius Thomas. You have Blake Bortles, who's a you know second year quarterback, and then TJ Yellen, and they're going to focus on running the ball. So, you know, not only does he have doesn't really have a spot to split, fit in right away, but these are all young guys, so he doesn't right. have a spot spot to fit in anytime in the next couple of years, unless talent supersedes. But we don't really see that happening. I don't. I don't think he's talented, um, more talented than any of those players that you were just talking about. Now, and now, you know, a lot of people are on the Ty Montgomery train. I'm not really huge on that train. I like Ty Montgomery again. Situation. I I like. I like Devontae Adams. So do I. You know I, mean? yeah. I like Jeff Janice. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeff Janice, is, they've been talking Jeff Janice up because he's been filling in for Jordy Nelson for his team. Yeah, so it's not like I don't, I don't hate Ty Montgomery. It's a situation. Fourth round, though, not a bad uh, stab in the dark for me. No, not a bad stab in the dark. But to me, again, situation where I like the player, you know what I mean? Situation sw- puts me in a position where I don't even want it because you know, I only have him for two years, but that's—I mean—that's why he spelled the fourth round, though. and I'll never bring him up on my roster, right? Most likely, because you know I, mean? I mean, Green Bay is a really good offense, and he's a pretty decent player. Jordan Nelson's thirty, right? I mean, but the reason that he fell to the fourth round is because he's buried behind all those players. He might end up getting a shot, or he yeah. might end up. I mean, look who he went to. He went to Josh's team, and Josh has the roster room. So, I mean, sure. for him, it makes perfect sense just to grab him and hope for the best. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all the arguments. Yeah. For me personally, he's just somebody I'm, unless my team is like, yeah, I have a lot of roster space. I can sit, I can actually bring him to my active roster and sit for a while. You have to sit him for a while. I remember, uh, oh, I can't even remember his name now either now. The, the receiver for Green Bay. Aberderis? No, hmm. not Aberderis. Did pretty well. Um, oh. For what, for what, what year? Not last year, the year before Bo- that. Boykin? Yeah. Jared Boykin. Okay. You know, fell by, you know, had, oh, he has talent. No, you know, kind of. It's Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, again, good spot. I just, there's four receivers I like ahead of him. Um, Carlos Williams, no thanks. Trey McBride, Tennessee, you yeah, know, right. opportunities there, but there's a lot of opportunity for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, in Tennessee. Uh, Stephon Diggs, somebody who I, that's yeah, a guy I drafted. I like his, I like his upside. So, for me, out of all these picks, I like Kenny Bell, I like Stephon Diggs, and I like Vince Maley, and I like Nicole Pruitt. I don't think Bryce Petty was a bad pick there in the fourth round either. Uh, to me, he's 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 uh, Brandon Whedon, so I don't want anything to do with him. But in the uh, you would have had to have picked Brandon Whedon in the third or second round. In the fourth round, to throw a, throw a dart at the wall, I don't think that's a bad pick. Again, when 
Is there somebody that I don't think is going to be good, no matter what? Yeah, Again, I now, understand. I, I agree with your the dart on a wall or thing. There's somebody I'm like for sure that's not going to be good, like a Devin Funches. I'm just not taking them. You know what I mean? Because I don't think they're going to be good. So, well, there's upside there. Like, I'm going to take somebody who I think could be good. And that's Stefan. You know what I mean? So, for me, Bryce Petty, he'd have to fall really far for me. Because there's guys in the next round that I would have taken ahead of him. My next selection, I would have taken ahead of him. Um, again, I like your Pruitt pick just because of on uh, Norv Turner. I like that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's well. like literally what I based that pick off of. I mean, basically, you know, they came out and said Turner stood up on the table and was like, get me this guy during dra- during the draft. And they drafted him. So, I mean, if a guy that's basically a tight end guru wants a tight end, I mean, who knows? I like him too. I said, take, you know, that's what I said in the podcast when we talked about him. tight yeah. ends. I was like, hey, if he's good enough for Norv, yeah. he's good enough for me. I like that you saying. Know what I mean, so uh, those are the guys I like out of that round. Uh, going to the next round here, we have the fifth round. Now, most people run five-round rookie drafts. That's the most common thing. So it's not going to change. This is going to be the end of the draft for right, most people. Right. Uh, Kenny Hilliard, Sean Mannion, Blake Bell, Jeff Hireman. For some reason, Mike didn't know he tore his ACL. Uh, but, you know, it I don't want Jeff Hireman anyways. It is what it is. Terrence McGee, Josh Harper, Tony Lippett. Which he switched to pick because he didn't realize Tony Pick Lippett was uh, a defensive back. A defensive back. Jeremy Davis, Brett Hundley, Antoine Goodman, Nick O'Leary, Darren Waller. Now, out of all these guys, there's only two guys I like. It just so happens to be my pick of Josh Harper, and I don't love Josh Harper. Right. I like him as a player with, and I like his situation. Right. Right. And Darren Waller, who was your pick? They're both high upside guys. That's why I mean, in the fifth round. Yeah. So for me, like. Again, there's not this fifth round is almost like uh oh the, I mean this got disgusting fifth round I didn't even, I took I, I had the last pick in the sixth round I didn't even want to take anybody but I had to <laughs> so sixth I, round Desmond Lewis Malcolm Brown E J Bibbs Corey Grant Zach Center John Crockett Deontay Greenberry Evan Spencer Jeff Swaim Bud Sasser who was just released on a heart condition uh, by the Rams Keith Mumphrey and Marcus Murphy no nobody I don't like anybody nobody. in that I. No. <laughs> Literally, the only reason I took John Crockett is like because I have James Starks. Yeah. So I feel like, and this is where I say, like, this late in the draft, you just start stabbing at running backs. Cause That's if, what I did. That's if anybody's exactly going to help you late in your rookie draft, it's going to be a running back, you know, that might just kind of pop up out of nowhere, maybe ends up number three on a depth chart, and you're, he's sitting there on your taxi squad, and all of a sudden injuries happen. Now right. he's just starting, and you might be able to get these are guys like where I feel like it's good value to get, take a running back because even if you get, just that one or two games, like that Jared Boykin, you know, a couple games oh, yeah. here. Right. If you get some of those games out of a guy, then that pick was completely worth it. Because then, you, you know, you, you you wash them away after two years off your taxi squad, or in a couple of years, you make a couple of other draft picks. So, you know, if you if you take a QB, like a Brett Hundley, Hundley this late, it's almost like a waste of a pick because... He's going to ta- be eating up a roster space, or he's going to be gone. Yeah. For so long, right. where you're going to end up cutting him before he's ever going to be good, anyways. Right. So, some good advice here is start reaching for guys like a John Crockett, you know, like a running back here that you can kind of just hope gets a chance. And if it doesn't pan out, who cares? Like my guy, Mark. I mean, for for me, for example, I, I have Mark Ingram for the Saints, and Marcus Murphy was a guy that they picked as like a late round pick. I was like, you know, it might not be Mark. It might not be Mark Ingram's replacement, but what if you know uh, injuries, injuries to Spiller or something? Or you know, you never know. And definitely running back. Like I said, I took John Crockett because I have Starks. Right. Running back depth. Like just give yourself some kind of insurance. You know what I mean? Like running backs are hard to come by as it is. So if you can get a guy that's even fourth on the depth chart, you don't know how quick that he can rise that depth chart. You know how many times we've we seen a running back get hurt. And then boom, his backup gets hurt in the same game. Well, look at look at like Alf Morris. If you like took a stab at a dark at like a sixth round pick when he was a rookie, and you came out with Alf Morris, like boom, you you just hit pay dirt. So Arian Foster, undrafted free agent. Right. I mean, there are those guys every year. So. Yeah. So and that so again, late round investments definitely go with the running backs. They have the highest upside. I think. Yeah. I mean, because otherwise, again, these guys are long term development. Now, some of them might turn into like a Victor Cruz, something along those lines. You know what I mean? But Odds are really, really, really slim. So, I agree. Running backs, good investment late. Um, on that note, I think that's our, that's our rookie draft. We'll tweet that out, the results as well. Um, obviously, we're always here for any rookie questions. Uh, DynastyNerds.com, get on there. We have our rookie rankings up there. Uh, Mike just updated his. I just updated mine. 
I'm actually going to go on there again this weekend. I plan on getting on there again and updating them again because I felt like I'm not really happy with where I'm at with them. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I, I'll probably update mine soon. I know I just updated them like a week ago, but I'll, yeah, so I'll we'll probably stay, do it we'll again. stay on top of it. You know, yep. as news comes through OTAs, injuries, you know, like Devontae Parker injuries, to Bud Sasser, heart condition, right. uh, Tony Lippett not even playing receiver. <laughs> right exactly um uh, again if you want to support the podcast you can get on dynastynerds.com you can buy a dynasty nerds t-shirt uh get that wardrobe a little you know a little lift freshen you know? it up man freshen no, it nothing up. nothing when you show up to your rookie draft or startup draft let people know that you mean business yeah. and when you roll in with a dynasty nerds shirt and like whoa dynasty nerds i mean it's summer you know feel free to cut off the sleeves if you want to take <laughs> it to the beach whatever beef cake <laughs> yeah you know. uh so yeah and I'm like hey you show up in that shirt like wow whoa <laughs> This guy, this guy just won the draft. Obviously, um, you know, if you want to support the podcast for free, encourage you to get on iTunes, give us a ranking, give us a review. Um, every week, a couple of you guys do that. We greatly appreciate it. I nothing, honestly, nothing makes me happier than reading these reviews and getting feedback from you guys. And guys, um, he's he's totally being serious. Every time he gets a good review, he texts me and Mike and says, "Guys, you got guys, you got to read this review. It's great. It's a great one." <laughs> The review just says, good show, guys. Yeah. Oh, you got to check this out. It's terrific. Guys, 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 check out the reviews. They're totally awesome this week. Uh, but I really do. I mean, obviously, we get tons of feedback on Twitter, which I love. Um, but the podcast is there for the world to see. And That's again, right. that, that helps us with the podcast. Yep. Um, but until then, we're always available on our forum, uh, on the site, and, of course, via Twitter. Hit me up. At Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. If you hear a small child crying in the background, that's my son begging for love. Yeah, we so got to we gotta go. Let me go out there and show him attention. <laughs> these kids. These Kid, kids These nowadays. kids nowadays. Yeah, they one hour away doing a podcast in the studio, and he misses his dad, so. Hey, he loves you. Yeah, I guess it could be worse, right? Yep. F you, Dad. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, we'll be back next week with another great show, new topic. That topic will be to be determined. Ooh, TBD. <laughs> Living on the edge. I like it. Cliffhanger. All right, guys. Well, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Later, guys. Later. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.